0: Hello, you're listening to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. This is our first episode of 2021 about workforce challenges facing state IT organizations. This has been an ongoing challenge for at least a decade as administrators have lamented the so called silver tsunami, a phrase indicating how their older technology workers are retiring and taking their legacy skill sets with them. The problem, of course, is that the legacy technology remains and those who haven't retired are left to find ways to maintain it, which becomes increasingly difficult. In this episode, I interview Amanda Crawford, Executive Director and CIO of the Texas Department of Information Resources, and North Dakota CIO Sean Riley. We plot out the dimensions of the workforce challenges they're facing, how they're handling it in their respective states, whether that's through partnerships with universities or, in North Dakota's case, occasionally hiring someone from Latvia to maintain some obscure piece of tech. And as for the big picture solution to the issue, they both settle on a similar and likely familiar idea. Here's my call with Amanda Crawford first.
1: Great, Hi, Colin.
0: Hi, Amanda. Thanks for making time for me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for asking.
0: So to start off, would you mind giving a 30 second bio for anyone unfamiliar with you and your history with the state government?
1: happy to. Uh, My name is Amanda Crawford, and I have the privilege of serving as the Executive Director of the Department of Information Resources in Texas, as well as the State of Texas CIO. I have worked in state government since beginning my career in 1999. Uh, Primarily most of that time was spent with the Texas Attorney General's Office, and I've been at uh, our department, uh, DIR, for about two years.
0: Right. Okay. Well, we're talking about workforce today. So to what extent does the state struggle to attract and retain the IT talent that it needs? This has been an ongoing issue for many years now. What does it look like in 2021?
1: Absolutely. Well, um, attracting and retaining IT professionals is challenging for state agencies competing with the higher paying private sector. So in Texas, uh, for example, our state's capital and state agencies are located in Austin, which is also a booming uh, region for high tech companies moving here. And it's a very competitive environment for this particular skill set that we're looking for. In fact, IT is one of the top job categories where Texas's agencies have the hardest time retaining our employees. And this is actually backed up not just by anecdotal evidence, but according to a recent survey that was conducted by the Texas State Auditor's Office. So, but interestingly, I guess for us is we're not only competing with just the private sector, but state agencies are actually competing against each other for these IT professionals. In a recent sur- survey, we found that state agencies tend to hire IT professionals away from other agencies with employees shuffling for higher pay. Mm. So. Um, which can be a challenge. So state agencies, uh, we often require prior government experience as a qualification, even for IT employees where, candidly, prior state experience probably doesn't necessarily bring value. So one thought that we have is is that if state agencies maybe do away with that requirement for the prior government experience when they're hiring IT and cybersecurity professionals, the talent pool will grow, and it will extend beyond the employees that are currently working uh, for another state agency. could so,
0: greater could greater consolidation of IT staff s- serve as a solution to that problem?
1: Potentially, of course, in Texas, we have a federated um, model and and a lot of the missions that that our particular our agencies um, have um, are, are varied. And so I think transitioning to um, that consolidated model, particularly for IT staff, would be a challenge here in Texas um, from both just a practicality and a culture perspective. However, we have consolidated services uh, here in Texas. Actually, through our agency, the Texas Department of Information Resources, or DIR, uh, we offer shared technology services, and we have um, a number of consolidated programs in order to help minimize that IT burden on our state agencies and help them to be able to outsource um, some of the the skill sets that they need
0: yeah would you say that the the challenges that you face today with regard to workforce are worse than they've been in past years or better or the same or was this something that was perhaps just not on your radar at the ag's office
1: no, I think it's, so So turnover, even when I was at the AG's office was, um, particularly in the role that I held, was always um, a concern since I oversaw Um, the human resources aspect for that agency as well. So the turnover rate for IT employees at at Texas agencies is usually around 10% most years in the past decade. And um, we've seen it slow down actually a little bit due to the pandemic, but the demand for the IT professionals continues to outpace the supply of employees to fill those positions. So I would say that it's it's still the same for us here in Texas right now and still a concern.
0: And... What are the strategies that you're employing to to find IT talent and to compete, whether that's with other agencies or the private sector?
1: So at, at our agency, at the agency I lead, we're focused on employee engagement, creating a positive work culture. In the IT world, we can automate systems, but workplace culture can't be automated. So DIR intentionally implements innovative strategies to try to keep our employees connected to our agency's core values and to provide employees with a sense of belonging. So whether that might be perf- personalized notes from leadership or special topic lunch discussions, we're always trying to find creative methods to engage in our workforce. And so I think that for, for our agency, um, our strategy for employee retention is working. Um, I make sure that my leadership team understands the importance of providing employees with an inclusive and meaningful work environment. And I do think that that's something that the public sector can offer, um, is that um, meaningful work that really has the potential to impact um, so many. And we want to be visible um, from a leadership perspective and, and and engage with our employees to make sure they understand our mission. Um, And also just to engage our employees so that we can identify process improvements, discuss innovative ideas, um, even during this pandemic when so many of us are teleworking.
0: Sure. What about more obscure technologies that have fewer people (laughs) who know how to use them? Mainframes is the one that comes up in the news all the time. Uh, Sure. How do you manage a challenge like that?
1: So obviously... (laughs) Um, you know, technology modernization could be really helpful with this challenge. Um, we know that, um, many state employees with legacy skills are nearing retirement and some of those legacy skills just aren't being taught anymore. So finding that replacement, um, is, is more challenging, um, and, um, Those employees with those skills are in turn more costly to obtain and retain. So a modernization strategy always has to be top of mind. Um, But the struggle um, in in keeping those resources, our our most valuable resources, our our staff and our our professionals, um, to be able to address and and deal with these legacy systems, it also provides us opportunities for flexibility. So knowing that our employees may stay with us for a limited time forces us as an organization to make sure we're planning our projects with this in mind. So that might mean cutting projects into smaller, more manageable timeframes and scales, um, and in the end, just trying to make us as an agency um, and the state of Texas more agile for both our employees and the people we serve.
0: Right. Well, this is something that everyone is dealing with. Everyone wants rock stars and you, I realized that state governments don't always have the a rock star budget so or do you have any tips or suggestions or anything that the people listening can can take away from this that they might a best practice or something that you've discovered that's been especially helpful as you've dealt with this challenge
1: well I think two thoughts I have around that so one is um, as many people talk about looking for those, those silver linings that have come out of the pandemic. And part of it is for um, state workforces haven't always been able to um, use teleworking as an option. That's just not something that state leadership um, and just in Texas, it's been across the, the country have been in favor of, but now we've seen that it can work and being able to offer um, telework for our um Uh, IT staff or any staff in in particular is a great retention and recruitment tool that I think we should all look for as we come out of the pandemic. Additionally, it allows us to get this, this greater diversity and a dispersion of the workforce where we don't have to be based in our state capitals where most of our state agencies are, but we could pull staff from all over our states. Um, to have them be able to um, to work for the state, and we can really leverage these uh, the remote work technologies that the private sector has been using for a while in order to maximize uh, the staff that we have. So that's one thought I have around that. And then the other thing is I really we we try to collaborate a lot with our local colleges and universities to try to enhance our recruiting efforts. So we offer internships, experiential learning opportunities. Um, in fact, recently we've partnered with local colleges to um, complete IT projects that give those students a hands-on experience. And it's just a great opportunity to give students who are just about to start their careers um, a chance to see firsthand what it's like to work in the public sector and to see that, uh, that there's more uh, to a career into working than perhaps just uh, the dollar figure. That we have a lot to offer through the public sector. Um,
0: Absolutely. You, you hear that a lot, especially at once you get up to to the CIO level, you ask them why they do their job and they say it's because they want to give something back to their community. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, Colin. Thanks
0: again. Up next is Sean Riley, North Dakota CIO. For additional context for this interview, there's an article on StateScoop called With Mainframe Support Scarce, North Dakota Turns to Latvia. I suggest checking that out if you're unfamiliar with what they did there. To start off, do you mind providing a 30-second bio of your work history?
2: Sure. Um, let's see here. I've got I've got a couple of these bios, um, but just right off the top. So I uh, started my career the way everybody does. I started a company at the age of 16, and I uh, sold it uh, at the age of 19. From there, went into the uh, power industry for a little while, and then into the official IT world uh, with uh, IBM. Uh, Several years with IBM, then moved over to Mayo Clinic. And with Mayo Clinic, I was, uh, (laughs) uh, call me a chief EIEIO for the most part, but I had lots of different titles. Uh, regional executive officers of different uh, medical centers and and purposes and technology. And in 2017, I was uh, invited to come up here to uh, serve Governor Burgum in the state of North Dakota. Right,
0: great. All right, let's move on to IT workforce. Uh, North Dakota last year turned to Eastern Europe to contract a couple positions for mainframe support. Can you tell the story of how this came to be?
2: Yeah, I think the the reality is is that um, IT is under an, an unbelievable demand worldwide, especially here in 2020 and beyond. Uh, there was a huge demand for us before COVID, and then once COVID hit, simply you just uh, and grab every IT resource that you can get your hands on to be able to get the job done. Uh, and the reality is is that uh, when it came to the Eastern Europe folks, uh, we have a technology here that is a uh, old mainframe, and it is uh, not even the most common of mainframes. And that mainframe is, frankly, pretty hard to find resources to support. And the only resources we could find were coming out of Eastern Europe. And it's, uh, it's um, in our case, uh, as long as everybody goes through the proper background checks and we make sure that they can do the work, uh, I don't really particularly care where they're from. But it certainly uh, wasn't what we expected. We did expect to find some folks uh, a little more local, but uh, just
0: wasn't available. Right. Okay. So is this type of overseas contracting something the state plans to do more of or would be open to doing more of? Or is this viewed just as a kind of pragmatic and necessary one off given the yeah, mainframe we- needs?
2: We've had some folks who have been international before, but they've been very specialized. Uh, Not many, uh, certainly not many folks. It's only when it becomes kind of a uh, um, last resort to be able to find the the correct resources to get the job done.
0: Right. Okay. Well, as technologies change, so do the skills needed to manage them. And we hear a lot about the CIO becoming more of a broker of services. So yes. is the state attempting to select for different skill sets with that paradigm in mind?
2: Yeah, I would say that so the state, um, we look at our, our IT folks as having, uh, basically every IT person has a half-life of about 18 months. Roughly 18 months from now, half of what we know isn't really useful information anymore. And the reality is, is that we have to be in a continuous learning environment in ways that uh, many other industries just haven't haven't realized yet. And in that continuous learning aspect, then we have to look at lots of different approaches to be able to obtain the right skill sets. And whether that be uh, leveraging your traditional colleges or leveraging your polytechnics or leveraging really continuous growth and learning through certifications, um, the reality is is that all different aspects of how people can gain knowledge need to be brought to bear during this problem. So not only do we have just a shortage of core technology skill sets, but we have a shortage of emerging skill sets. So, whether uh, when you look at kind of the old stuff, we talk about mainframe, but let's look at the new stuff. The artificial intelligence developers are uh, UI, UX developers. Uh, so, those user experience uh, folks. Uh, those skill sets are very uh, hard to get your hands on. And frankly, the private sector pays a lot better than the public sector. So, we have to use every tool in in the book in the handbag. To be able to help to get folks to um, bring them up to that knowledge level and help them grow and help to be able to support the state.
0: How are your workforce challenges progressing? Uh, well, I should say, are they are they getting better or worse? So I,
2: I would say, um, everyone realizes that there is a higher need for technologists today. And when you go to, to colleges, higher, higher ed organizations, universities, when you go to even the high school levels, they're very, very aware that technologists are the future. And they are ramping up everywhere from this, right? So we see like uh, North Dakota has its computer science and cyber science in every classroom, kindergarten through PhD. The problem is the demand curve is still outpacing the supply curve when it comes to technologies. So if you look at some of the uh, this year's information around the automotive industry as an example, so you're seeing automotive companies now hiring computer science degree people at a rate two to one against their engineers. So even though they're producing cars, they're hiring more than double the number software engineers to mechanical. And the reality is, is you're seeing this absolutely everywhere. Every industry is adding technology at breakneck speeds. And it's frankly just outpacing the demand curve to what our supply curve is. Even though we have vastly increased our supply, we're still losing on the curve.
0: Right. And in state government, that many say that's a particular challenge because you have limited ability to compete with the private sector for example so in north dakota what are you doing
2: yeah so in in north dakota we are partnering with all 11 universities across the state uh, to be able to find ourselves new methods to be able to bring in that education Uh, we've partnered directly with k-12 we've been part of the uh, education organization so so our Department of Public Instruction that helps K-12 st- uh, standards for school. So we're helping to be able to uh, enhance standards for computer science, for cyber sciences, uh, making sure that uh, we're pushing the knowledge of technology much, much younger into schools. And we're, we're partnered with uh, numerous school districts and all the universities to be able to help make the, uh, The future in a much, much brighter scenario. The other side of that is that uh, we have to focus on continuous learning and bring continuous learning opportunities into the workforce that we have. Uh, We have to make sure that we can constantly uh, grow and constantly increase our skills uh, with the teams that we have through uh, numerous different programs that are run through our, our HR departments and our HR partners.
0: Right how how effective are these are these initiatives
2: i would say from a growth standpoint um externally again the state is uh graduating more computer science folks than we have in years Uh, those numbers are certainly going up considerably i don't have the percentage right in front of me but um, we've definitely increased our computer science graduates we've increased all of our technologists graduates our cybersecurity graduates etc But again, we're still, we're outpacing the curve. So even though they're increasing their curve substantially, we're still, our demand is still considerably higher. From an internal focus of uh, learning, what we're seeing is we're seeing a a much lower turnover rate in the last uh, 24 months as an average to what we had previously because people are able to continue to learn and grow. Uh, We'll see... Uh, it's hard to normalize that turnover rate, frankly, against COVID if there were impacts there. But uh, we'll see kind of how that uh, looks again as we go
0: through 2021. So for your counterparts in other states, do you have any advice, things that have been especially helpful for you as you've worked through this challenge?
2: (laughs) Um, I would say for everybody else, they should totally stop recruiting and send other people to me. We'll train them and then we'll send them back. Uh, That would be my, (laughs) Uh, uh, that would be my hope. Uh, No, um, the the reality is is that um, you need to change the message. We we have to change the message so that people are coming to the public sector based on service, based on their heart. Uh, You're not going to come here and get rich. And the reality is, is that you can't. Simply advertise, hey, we have a job, right? What you have to advertise is we have a mission. We have a purpose, right? Our purpose is different than what you're going to find in the private sector. Our purpose is here to serve people and to make the world a better place. And the reality is, is that focusing on that aspect changes the conversation so that you get people who are less focused on the paycheck and more focused on what they can do. And that, that has really changed, especially our executive leadership team, uh, has really evolved our leadership group, has really evolved our middle management team over the last few years. Um, it's really changed the conversation for us.
0: Is that true for you?
2: Yeah. I'm here, I'm, I'm here purely on purpose, right? I mean, I, I've been a private sector guy my whole life. I took a pay cut to come here. Um, I'm not here for the salary. Um, I'm here for the ability to help change the world.
0: All right, that's it for this episode. For more coverage of state and local government IT news, go to statescoop.com.